The world today is chock full of people who can't disagree. When disagreements do inevitably occur anymore, people shatter into a million pieces. They're unable to handle the anxiety of the situations and have lost all sense on how to disagree with each other without becoming offended, completely irate, or shutting down altogether. In this episode, we're going to talk about our inability to disagree with each other civilly, what has brought us to this point, how social media has played a negative role in civil discourse, how disagreements can be good, and the benefits of having positive disagreements, how we can go about disagreeing with others, and what we need to do to get back on track as men who are seeking to lead discussion and debate, especially on sensitive topics. Join me in this episode as we look into why we need to disagree more. What kind of man are you? This life will require you to be steadfast, immovable, strong, and courageous. Though this world says you should get a trophy just for showing up, and there are no winners and losers, you must train to win the prize. You do the hard things. You persevere. You are becoming the man God created you to be. You exercise discipline. The discipline of manliness. Welcome back to the podcast, men. I am coming back to you again for another episode in the Discipline of Manliness podcast. If you've been enjoying the show and it's helping make a difference in your life, please do me a favor and tell a friend about the show. Share this episode with them via your podcast platform or send them a text about it. One of my big motivations for starting this podcast, as some of you may remember from my introductory episode, is to be an encouragement to some of the men in my local network and to allow them to get to know me better so we can develop deeper connections. I want that to be true for each of you as well, and I see this podcast being a great means to share what you're listening to and to open up conversations with each other about these types of topics and how we can all improve and keep getting better. I also want to have more conversations with each of you about these topics I'm sharing, so please reach out to me via phone, uh, text, email me. My email is colin.b.hornback at gmail.com, or you can reach me on Instagram at colin.hornback. I'd love to talk to you guys more about these topics. Again, challenge me, question me, uh, bring your own ideas and input to the conversations we're having here. Um, Just look forward to touching base with you all a little bit more on these different topics that we're hitting on. As I described in the intro, this topic today is on why we need to disagree more. Um, This has become a lost art in today's society. We no longer have the ability to civilly disagree with each other, to present ideas of, of differing standpoints, to listen to those ideas and to just ask questions, to dig deeper, to argue the points back and forth without totally losing control and becoming offended, irate, or, or people just shutting down entirely. And all too often, I see men today where we have an opinion and we have a belief about a topic, but we don't want to speak up because we don't want to offend. We don't want to stir the pot or you know rock the boat. So this is a really important topic to me. I really think this is going to be a good one. This is something we all need to do better, myself included. So I am excited to talk about today's episode of why we need to disagree. You know, so much of today's society, um, we only look to ever agree on topics. You know, too often we seek out and find groups where they suit all of our preferences and where people only agree with all of our convictions. 
now naturally we want to and should be in in groups and in places where we can reinforce positive things we're learning and continue to dive deeper um, you know becoming experts in those topics but we do also need to look at opposing views as well we need to have people in our lives that challenge us on our assumptions and help us see where our ideas fall short you know, being around people like this, um, particularly in face-to-face scenarios, helps us to learn to express our ideas and convictions with emotion, but also with clarity and empathy for others who might oppose our views. You know, as I've said, in today's society, we can't disagree for a myriad of reasons. People are too easily offended at disagreement. A lack of complete agreement and acceptance of another's view anymore seems to indicate a total rejection of them as a person and invalidates them. You know, we're not taught to debate, you know, to both uh, express our ideas and convictions with dignity and respect for another party's and also listen to and accept their, their viewpoint without embracing it as our own. Disagreement anymore seems to fall into the category of all-out fights, you know, we're no longer able to disagree without it turning into an us versus them mentality for, for all parties involved. One of the major contributing reasons for this, I believe, is that we lack the ability to listen with the intent to understand instead of listening only to respond and you know, com- combat or argue a point of, of where we disagree. So what has brought us to this point? You know, this, this what I'm going to read off here is no way an exhaustive list, but these are a few of the contributing factors that I see in kind of a list I put together. One, I think technology has, has helped bring us to this point. While there are certainly a lot of really good uses and good things that have come from technology, um, I do think t- technology has been a contributing factor. And over the last few generations, we're, we're seeing drastic increases um, in like children's exposure to technology. The more we're on technology, especially in our formative years, the less we're able to identify social cues and signals. We're losing the ability to differentiate the differences when someone is opposing our viewpoint, but also is still friendly towards us. So, you know, today, like any opposition to our way of thinking means they oppose us as a person. Not being taught to debate is another reason. Uh, I was never on a debate team or anything. I've just been really opinionated, so I've naturally kind of fallen into <laughs> debates with people and arguing different points. Um, generally in my life, I feel like it's usually been leaning to the, the good side and a positive discussion, although I certainly have had times where it was not. Uh, but anyways, I do think the ability to debate is a really big contributor to positive disagreements, uh, but not being taught to debate, not knowing how to do this is a detractor that really undermines our ability to disagree with each other civilly. So, you know, from my understanding of debate teams, you know, when the debate begins, there is something like a coin toss that allows a winner of that coin toss to pick a side that they want to argue for the topic they're given. However, they don't know, of course, going in if they're going to win that coin toss or if the other side will. So they have to prepare for both sides of the debate. You know, they have to think about arguing for it or against it. You know, that that ability to think that way is a huge help in our ability to understand another's viewpoint, another side, to be able to disagree or find where we can agree and where we don't. Um, So I think that's a really helpful 
tool in our ability to disagree with each other civilly. You know, losing touch with that ability, with an understanding of how to think about both sides of an issue really only leads us to consider one side and only embrace others who agree with us, um, kind of falling into that confirmation bias trap. Uh, another reason here I think that we're, we're struggling with disagreement is we've slowly been losing touch with absolutes, especially absolute right and wrong. By losing touch with absolutes and giving into more subjective thinking, we no longer have a basis to even begin any kind of disagreement that would make us think. You know, we simply default to, well, that's just true for you, or this is just what's true for me. That inevitably leads to what our children are being taught in society, that everyone has to be validated in, you know, what's true for them. And you can't tell anyone they're wrong because, you know, that's just what's true. Like there is no right and wrong. There is no ability or, or basis on which to disagree. You know, it's just simply like, well, okay, that's you and this is me and you do you and I'll do me. That's uh that's a completely wrong way to think. And, you know, even in those times where we, we will try to have a disagreement, even a productive one, it's like any form of disagreement seems to mean that you are bigoted, that you're hateful, um, that you are unaccepting of the other side. And really all we're, all we're seeking is as a productive debate to, to learn and to grow. I think another reason we're we're failing in disagreement is fear. You know, we live in fear anymore of making other people feel bad or just feeling bad ourselves. You know, we're we struggle with that, you know, like so much anxiety anymore in in group settings and in those conversations, um stirring the pot or being in the center of attention because you voiced a different opinion anymore. It's like we really struggle with that or I see at least a lot of people struggling with that. And again, we can talk more on, on those feelings and that struggle in a future uh, episode. But I do think that the, the fear aspect is another big contributing factor. Uh, another thing kind of associated with that is just not even knowing how to be assertive and how to stand up for ourselves. And then finally in my list here is for those who are believers listening to this show, uh, I think we are forgetting Ephesians 6.12 in a, in a pretty key way here. Uh, where it says, for our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against principalities, against the spiritual forces of evil and in the heavenly realms. You know, when we forget where the real fight is, it causes us to seek to win arguments for argument's sake. And this isn't a beneficial type of disagreement. And it does cause Christians to appear very narrow-minded and self-focused, self-centered um, just trying to, again, prove that they're right for the sake of being right. And that isn't why we should be disagreeing or arguing. So I do think a lot of these things, again, not an exhaustive list. I just think a lot of these things are contributing factors into what has led us to this place where we can't have good and proper disagreements anymore. Now, how social media has played a role in our inability to disagree properly um, I, here's again, might be a sensitive topic, but, but when we see something we disagree with on social media, we immediately get mad. We disagree with the posts, you know, not necessarily the person cause we're not half the time even paying attention to who posted it. It's just a statement. It's like reading a sign on the side of the road. You don't know who, who made that. It's just a sign, you know, but we immediately get mad and we have a reaction to that post. And it is a different reaction, 
you know, psychologically, you know, when we're angry with the post and respond with, you know, that indignance versus when we hear a person say something and we disagree with them as a, as a person, but we still have to have, you know, a rational discussion. We have to, you know, keep some composure to, to keep a discussion going. You know, it's just a different response. And it is along the lines of a psychological effect of displacement in which we displace our negative emotion to, you know, that post rather than the person. Uh, when we're mad at the post, we respond in a totally different way than, than we would normally if we were responding to an individual. I believe that is because the post is a thing, not a person, even though we know the person originally commented you know, that post. When we get so used to responding this way online, it makes it very difficult not to react in a harsh and negative way in the real world. So then we hear something we don't like in real conversation and we respond in only one of two ways. One being we either rattle off the first thing that comes to mind because we're used to doing that when no one's actually listening, as in how we can respond in privacy as on social media. Or two, we just clam up altogether because we've lost touch with how to properly respond to something that we disagree with in the real world. You know, basically, if we can't post in privacy and not have to interact with the person we're disagreeing with, then it's like we can't respond at all. So that's how I see social media as being a detractor from disagreement. And also, social media has drastically increased the focus on ourselves and promotes that we share our ideas uh, and that people should like it. You know, we're, we're looking when we make a post on anything to get likes or, you know, hearts or, you know, smiles, reactions, positive reactions. That's what we're looking for. And when we get the likes, you know, to our posts in our heads, in our brains, it's dumping dopamine into our system. We get hits of dopamine from those likes, from those confirmations that we got from our posts, which make us feel good. That creates, you know, positive reinforcement, which then causes us to want to continue doing the same behavior. And I believe this creates a cycle of us constantly wanting to be heard and approved of and to avoid situations where we'll be disagreed with. This in turn causes us to look for ways to contribute to you know, conversations, whether they're online or in person. And it's leading us to look for how we can you know, respond and not necessarily to understand others, just how we can respond to something or put something out there that is going to be positively affirmed and, and approved of. You know, it's just a psychological effect. You know, put this idea out into the world, get all these likes, see that people appreciate your viewpoint. And, you know, you're just seeking of what can I post today that will get responses, that will get that positive feedback. And I do think that transposes itself into our thinking of how we talk to people and how we think as we interact with people, even face to face. You know, we start thinking, well, what can I say um, in this situation that will get positive feedback or how can I respond to this other person's, you know, quote unquote, you know, post or you know, comment in a way that will get more, more thoughts and, and approval back on me as well. So it is something that we're, it's like we're, we're always uh, seeking to put something out there to be heard. Um, we're not necessarily listening in a way to understand another person. You know, it's, it's constantly trying to get that positive reinforcement. Another way social media negatively affects us and how we disagree is through the same methods used by the news stations where you might have heard the quote, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, negative stories have always garnered more attention than positive ones. So it's no surprise that the most negative and polarizing topics lead the charge in social media posts. 
with so much of that type of content drifting around, it generates two types of responses. You know, ones of complete agreement or absolute disagreement, which only lead us to arguing and bickering, you know, not positive disagreements that, that benefit society. So I would encourage don't fall into these traps. You've heard me talk about our inability to disagree, you know, what has brought us here and how social media has had an influence. Here's the real question though. Why do we need to disagree? Wouldn't the world be better if everyone just got along? And what positive outcomes can really come from disagreement? Well, our Constitution, Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights, to name a few. How about the invention of anything ever? Those inventions came because someone refused to accept the status quo and believed that the way things had always been done was wrong, or at least not the best way that it could have been done. Did you know that when the locomotive was first designed, there was concern that our bodies couldn't handle the speed of you know what they were going around maybe 25 miles an hour? They actually thought that people wouldn't be able to breathe on trains due to the sustained speed and length of time that we'd be on a train. That extra pressure on our chests would, would cause people to you know pass out or, or die from not being able to breathe. Good thing someone disagreed with that, or we would have never moved on to inventions like the airplane or let alone cars. But in a more practical way, we still need disagreement, not just for major events in history like forming new countries or inventing world-changing products. We need to disagree because it helps us challenge our assumptions. It helps us consider a new way of doing something. Disagreeing with someone can save a person a lot of pain and headache by helping them avoid mistakes maybe that you've already made. Disagreeing with someone in a calm and civil way shows them that you care enough to invest in the relationship by explaining your position and because you're willing to listen to their point of view. Having people that disagree with you prevents you from being in an echo chamber and thus helps us avoid confirmation bias. Disagreeing helps us figure things out too. Just as I mentioned, uh, we wouldn't have moved on to the invention of the airplane without disagreement. You know, prior to writing this episode, I actually didn't know that Wilbur and Orville Wright thrived in disagreement. Their father, Milton Wright, when the boys were young, would actually give them a topic after dinner and tell them to debate it as vigorously as they could without being disrespectful. They would hash through it for a while and then Milton would tell them to switch sides of the argument and start again. Disagreeing or arguing with each other helps us refine the truth. And here's a direct quote from Wilbur Wright. No truth is without some mixture of error and no error so false, but that it possesses no element of truth. If a man is in too big a hurry to give up an error, he is liable to give up some truth with it. And in accepting the arguments of the other man, he is sure to get some errors with it. Honest argument is merely a process of mutually picking the beams and motes out of each other's eyes so both can see clearly. End quote. Essentially, the answers we come up with through disagreement will be stronger than the ones we derive without the refining fire of disagreement. Now that we have a better understanding of the pros of disagreement, the question is how do we disagree? First of all, you have to be educated enough to have an opinion. You can't argue something that you don't even understand. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. 
This is most important when talking about our faith as believers in Christ. But I also see this as being really good advice when making any argument for anything else that we believe in. The more prepared we are, the better the arguments that we'll be able to make, uh, which will be more likely to lead to positive outcomes from the discussion. If the only reason we have for why we believe what we do is because or that's what I was told and that's the way that we've always done it, we're not going to be helping anyone. Uh, It doesn't help them consider a new or different perspective and it's not going to lead to a positive outcome. If instead you have some well thought out ideas that someone hasn't considered before, they might have to go and do some soul searching or some more research And that might lead to them coming back for another conversation that can continue to do the same for both of you. You know, this is where things get positive and this is where we get a good outcome from disagreement. Just as Wilbur and Orville Wright would would disagree and have to refine each other and come to a more um, refined idea of what the truth is because they had to stop and consider, hmm, like that's a that's a good point. I haven't considered that side of the argument. Now, does my argument still stand up to that or or does my argument fall short? You're having to look at that honestly and objectively and then find out here's why this argument I made still stands despite this person's challenge. This is where we get positive outcomes from our disagreements. So secondly, we have to learn to assert our opinions or convictions with gentleness and respect. This is actually the other half of the verse I just quoted, 1 Peter 3.15. The full verse is always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. I'm really good at being opinionated. I'm also really good at being assertive. I haven't always been good at asserting my opinion with gentleness and respect. But I've come to learn that speaking the truth without love is about as fun to listen to as nails on a chalkboard. Third, ask more questions. I'm working on this tactic. When I feel like making a point, especially when I'm debating a topic or, you know, arguing or having a a discussion with somebody, you know, a disagreement, when I feel like I want to interject a thought, when I have that, that point where I'm listening to respond or I heard something and now I want to respond, my next thought that I'm trying to have is instead of interjecting a new thought or arguing a point back, I'm, I'm trying to consider asking a clarifying question. So what and how questions will provoke the best responses? For instance, you know, you're having a conversation with somebody or or discussion, a disagreement, you know, maybe consider asking what results have you seen by approaching things that way? Or what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, Maybe how will these things change or how will this make an impact to fill in the blank? Questions like these will provoke better responses from the other party in your disagreement to help you understand where they're coming from or what they're really trying to accomplish, you know, what's really at the bottom of their argument. And this ensures that you're both on the same page and have the same understanding of all the situation you know, going forward. Fourth, be empathetic. Show you're listening to the other person by rephrasing what they're saying. I talked about this in the connection episode in my definition of masculinity series. But use empathic statements like, it sounds like you really care about fill in the blank, or it sounds like you're having a hard time with this aspect of the plan to fill in the blank. Just relate to the other party in a way that shows them that you understand where they're coming from. I'm not suggesting in any way that you use this as a manipulative tool, 
but more as a means to find common ground in your disagreements and as a means to keep the conversation moving forward to a positive and productive end. So how do we get things back on track in society as men who are looking to change the direction of of how society's been with disagreements? We have to learn to be calm and collected when we're approached with disagreement. So internalize this whole thing first. You know, former Navy SEAL Rourke Denver and a former leader of the Navy SEAL training program said, calm is contagious. We have to learn to stay calm when people disagree with us. We can't get flustered. We can't get upset. We certainly cannot fly off the handle and lose control. No matter how crazy the disagreement is, no matter how absurd the thought that we feel it is, we don't get the luxury of writing people off and rolling our eyes at them. If we can't properly respond to disagreements, then we can't expect anyone else to either. We also have to look for opportunities to properly assert disagreements into real conversations. Too often in society today, we hear something we disagree with and we think, wow, that sounds ridiculous. I'm just going to smile and nod my head at this person. Now, there is a time and a place for that. If it is obvious that a disagreement's not going to yield a positive or productive outcome, then I wouldn't waste my time or breath trying to make the point. But if you hear someone you're in a relationship with, or even a vague relationship with, if you hear somebody say something that you know you disagree with, or you learn something about them or their lifestyle that you might know is wrong, I think you have a duty to say something and disagree with that person to their face. Again, doing it with gentleness and respect. But you have to you have to start with questions to best understand where they're coming from and what they're going through. So you're sure you have the whole story, but then still disagree with them. You know, so you hear something you don't like, you disagree with, you ask some questions, make sure you understood where they're what they're saying, where they're coming from. And if it is all adding up to you disagree with where where they're at or what they're saying, then find a way to make your points. Make them with gentleness and respect, but look for those opportunities to start doing that. Start small. You don't have to start big. You don't have to start with, you know, gun control and abortion topics. You know, instead start with just something, something more minor. It'll really help with you jumping into those deeper conversations. Another thing I think we need to do is be more active in our community. Uh, We need to go to city planning meetings. We need to get involved in our local and state governments. You know, your church, your kids' school programs, wherever it is, just get more involved and then work to lead the discussions. So, you know, quick recap, how do we disagree? First, we're educated enough to have an opinion or a conviction. Second, we assert our opinions and convictions with gentleness and respect. Three, we ask more questions. And four, we are empathetic. Now, on how do we change things in society? Stay calm and collected when others disagree with us. Calm is contagious. We look for opportunities to disagree with others in a productive way. And we get more involved in society to demonstrate how this should be lived out and lead those discussions. Guys, thank you again so much for listening to the Discipline of Manliness podcast. If you have enjoyed the show, please set your podcast platform to subscribe to the show. I put out new episodes every Tuesday. Also, if you're finding the show helpful, please do a couple things for me. One, like I said in the beginning, tell a friend about the show. Send this to another man that you know might enjoy this podcast. And two, I'd love it if you would leave me a rating and review on, the, on your podcast platform so I can keep making this show better. You guys are great. 
Keep becoming the men that God has made you to be. And until next week, guys, again, keep practicing the discipline of manliness. 